Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here of the Common Sense Show, where the show that's freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. Really glad you could join us here in our guest segment. Thank you for staying with us through the intro part of our program. And uh, just a programming note, because we're on different networks, if you're listening to us on Global Star Radio Network and its affiliates, you know, we do that three-hour stretch, and as we do that on Global Star as Red State Talk Radio, both of those networks, you're going to get this interview, a two-hour interview with Terry Cook. You're going to get this as hours one and two, and it'll be successive. If you're listening to us on our flagship station, that's a different matter. We'll, you'll, you'll get these in successive business days here, and I'm having all kinds of prompting problems here. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, our guest is Terry L. Cook, and I just, uh, while I'm trying to pull up uh, his credentials here again, okay? Um, yeah, the gremlins are out today, folks. But first, before we start with Terry, and it's going to be an interesting interview because he has fictionalized what people like Steve Quayle, Doug Hagman, and myself have written about for years, and finally, people are starting to really pay attention, and Terry grabs your attention with this, and you're going, well, who's Terry Cook? I'll tell you in just a minute. First of all, we got to pay some bills to keep the lights on. Number one, folks, listen to me carefully. Your bank is going to ca- crash. You know, cash is trash. It's going to crash. Uh, they're all failing their stress tests. They're all hoarding gold, and this is why you need to go to Noble Gold. And Noble Gold isn't just going to sell you gold. They also do this asset reallocation, and I went through this with them about a month ago, and I'm so glad I did. And they can help you, too. They'll never call you. There's no pressure. But I'm telling you, folks, if you keep your money in the bank the way it is right now, a lot of you are going to be very sorry. You're either going to get a severe haircut or you're going to lose the whole thing altogether. Give them a call at 877-646-5347. That's 877-646-5347. And again, we represent one of the few storable food companies that are still making demands or meeting demands, I should say. And this is great food. It's restaurant quality, 25-year shelf life, and no price increase. There's been no gouging. If they did, I wouldn't represent them. And, um, you know, I have my own supply here, and I'm telling you, it tastes great. Preparewithdave.com is the place to go. There are famines coming. I have been writing about that extensively on the CommonSenseShow.com. They're not even putting National Guard in the closed meat packing plants, which they could do. They should be doing it now, and they're not. And that just tells you this is part of the plan, and you need to have your own food. Go to preparewithdave.com. All right, well, Terry L. Cook and I have been together on shows before, but it's been a while. So I'm going to read to you Terry's bio if you're not familiar with him. He's been a published author since 94, so just doing the math, that's quite a while. And has he's written more than a dozen nonfiction books and since then, and he's he holds uh, multiple degrees, AA, AS, BA, BS, and an MBA, plus two college teaching credentials. So we share a similar background there. He is a retired government professional, a military war veteran, and a former National Guard officer. He is also an FAA licensed commercial jet pilot, ATP designation, with 3,000 total hours of flying experience. Additionally, he has appeared as an expert guest on thousands of international radio and TV shows during the past 25 years, including the prestigious 2012 H2 History Channel uh, TV. Love that channel. Uh, And he was on a special entitled Countdown to Apocalypse, which was re-aired thereafter on global television for several subsequent years. But of all his life's experience, writing is his passion, and this book is his first fictional novel, 
and he hopes you'll enjoy it. It's entitled www from the duke of hell.com that's where you can get it but it's entitled the duke of hell it's an interesting title we're going to have to ask him about that um and uh, this is a shocking sci-fi novel and i can't wait to get to it to talk about this let me read to you the press release here for the book it kind of give you an idea and set the tone for where we're going in this two-part interview uh, finally a fresh and revolutionary idea has hit the sci-fi bookshelves in the form of Terry L. Cook's amazing new novel, The Duke of Hell, The World's Final Dictator. Sounds kind of like the Antichrist here. We'll have to ask him about that. Indeed, the book is a shocking story of a complex web of planned calamities engineered by secretive cabal intent on preparing the world for the arrival of its demonic alien master, UFO commander Ashtar. In fact, a planned global economic collapse is only the beginning of a long strategized unending parade of crime, drugs, famine, plague, political dysfunction, corruption, perversion, general societal chaos, and unending wars as the world finds itself completely immersed in a downward spiral of demonic decadent doom. Yes, it is 2021 and the world finds itself under the direct control of the unquantifiable, unidentifiable, stealthy, satanic conspiracy whose goal is nothing short of snatching the souls of everyone. And while such orchestrated chaotic events begin to extend their hellish hands globally, only a few are aware that Earth has entered its final hour upon the stage or that of 6,000 years of prophecies soon will be fulfilled via a tribulation-induced cataclysmic countdown apocalypse. This new Duke of Hell book has been praised for its enthralling plot intense intrigue, suspense, gripping pace, because once it grabs a hold of your conscience, it doesn't let up until the very last page has been read. And even then, it only leaves you wanting more. It is an easy read, skillful fictional weaving of both mystery and cataclysmic friction, portraying the consummate spiritual battle between good and evil, or God and the devil. Accordingly, the author is already planning a series of sequels to continue the story to its epic conclusion. The Duke of Hell, the world's final dictator, is currently available at Amazon.com. However, eager fans excited to buy the book now can quickly obtain the copy from the Duke of Hell's official website at www.dukeofhell.com. Once you're there, fans will be able to watch the book's mind-blowing official 12-minute video trailer as well. And trust me, you don't want to miss this scary, frightening video trailer. It is a real killer. It will disturb you to the core. Once again, this exciting and amazingly total unnerving book is available immediately in both paperback and Kindle formats via the Duke of Hell Books website at thedukeofhell.com. May the force not be with you. Well, Terry, I hope the good force is with you, and thanks for joining us here on the Common Sense Show. And we've kind of set the stage for where we're going, uh, and it's good to connect with you after all these years. Dave, it's such a pleasure and an honor, both a pleasure and an honor, to be back with you after 10 years. Uh, we last talked about 10 years ago, and uh, you've just been doing a phenomenal work since then. And I'm so pleased that you allowed me to once again appear with you on this radio program. Thank you, sir. Well, it's our pleasure to have you, Terry. And, uh, and one thing we didn't get across there on, on the, uh, the bio 
and and correct me if I'm wrong, but you were once um, a, a sheriff. Yes, I, I I don't use the title uh, retired police executive anymore because some people are turned off, especially today with with many of our police departments turning against us, Dave. You know, when I got into the ministry uh, back in '93 and '94, after I retired from L.A. Sheriff's Department after a career there, uh, it was still honorable to be a, a police person. You know, uh, but today I don't trust half of them myself because they've mm -hmm. all been uh, new world orderized. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But listen, most of the ones I know, I'm friends with Sheriff Richard Mack, for example. Now he's oh, I know Richard. I, I used to lecture <laughs> with Richard. Yeah. I, I love Richard. And there he's are so, there are so many policemen that I know that are active today and they'd give you the shirt off their back. They're kind, they're compassionate. Yes. Uh, and there's so many good cops out there. And yes, there are some that are not good, and a lot of them make their way into the chief of police positions. But I think the rank and file that is out there do care about doing a good job. Mostly uh, at at the rank and file level, you're absolutely correct. They're all a bunch of good people. It's a, it's a hazardous job, and you don't sign up for that job unless you're motivated by something other than power and money. Unfortunately, as you just said, uh, just at the local government levels upward, all the way to Washington, uh, the key management positions at many, if not all today, at, at many, uh, rem the few that haven't been converted to the New World Order are rare now, and that was the communist goal uh, 60, 70 years ago, that they would take over government at every level and at every important function, they would place a progressive socialist in power. And unfortunately, that's happened to police departments in Portland and Seattle and so on and so on. But the, the key people uh, are, are leading this mess. They're, they're the New World Order folks, the progressives, the liberals, the communists, basically. But the people that are working the streets are, are generally very good people. Yeah. Uh, and, and many of them, if not most, are very unhappy with where leadership takes them, David. You know that. Yeah, I, I just have a hard time disparaging someone who's willing to run into a building that I'm running out of and and uh, will answer these distress calls. Right. We, we had a guy, I, I forget his name now, forgive me, I don't have my notes in front of me, but we had a police commander who did not have to even answer a call, but he was on scene of a domestic dispute here two weeks ago, and he was walking up the stairs into the place, and uh, they came out and shot him in the chest with a shotgun. He was three months away from retirement, much loved in the community and see it's that kind of uh, bravery courage and the sacrifice that these people put on the line that i so respect and yes i know they're bad ones and we need to you know get them out but uh, the vast majority of them I, I gotta tell you terry i have undying respect for them oh i do too and i i didn't mean to you use the word disparage and i didn't mean to sound that way whatsoever yeah you no, know, but i agree with you what, what we just uh, said about positions of power I, I agree with that yeah. i mean yeah. um the mayor it's not their uh, fault that the, yeah. the positions of power have been politically <clears throat> taken over by uh people who have been generally financed by george soros whose mm -hmm. goal is to destroy america so but the the cops the ladies and gentlemen on the street are generally just super people yes. I, mean, I used to be one of them but you know i i worked my way up and uh so uh much of my young life out of the military i started at la sheriff at age 21 i handled charles manson at age 22 right out of the police academy right of the la sheriff's police academy 
And uh, my first uh, bachelor's degree is in uh, criminal justice from California State University, Fullerton. So, uh, you know, my, my young life was spent in police work, so I'm very well aware of the, uh, of the outstanding caliber of people <clears throat> that was in the profession back then yeah. that, and are still uh, people my, you know, my grandchildren's age or, or my son's age uh, are still in that profession. So I know there's no disparity intended Good. at all in making the statements that I previously did. Uh, the people on the street are still great. No, I, I agree. But listen, uh, you're absolutely right. If you're in a democratic city and you're a chief of police or you're, uh, you really are caught between a rock and a hard place between their liberal politics and what you know is best for the people on the street. That's exactly what I meant to convey, and I and you you have done a better job than I did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well you know what they say about the sun shining on you once a day, but but anyway, um, uh, you've written a book. I got to tell you something. You used uh, is one of your fictional characters, Commander Ashtar, and I have to tell you this uh, strange, strange coincidence. Back when I was first uh, a practicing mental health practitioner. Um, and and I in my very first job, and I had interned there as well too, was at this uh, Salvation Army Center here in the Phoenix area, and I used to do intake to start. That's where they start the rookies out at, and I had a lady come in, and we didn't take SMI seriously, men and women. I mean, you could have a personality disorder, a drug addiction, and so forth, and we took those, but we farmed the serious ones out to the state mental hospital. This one lady comes in and she's going through her history of drug abuse which was quite long and then i said okay well, what brings you here today and she says well i've been having an affair with my lover in his spaceship commander ashtar and she went on this long diatribe about their relationship commander <laughs> ashtar terry i kid you not this goes this goes back to the 90s and i still remember i've told the story in staffings when i've been with other therapists and, and uh, Commander Ashtar, and I'm not making fun of the lady, but the coincidence between the name you chose and the encounter I had in one of my first cases is pretty stunning. Now that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing that you would uh, encounter such a thing. Aren't you also a retired college professor, Dave? Am yeah, I yeah, I did that, and uh, also was a college basketball coach. Wow, what an amazing career you've had. And, uh, of course, you're quite younger than I am. Didn't you say you were 29 or was oh, it 30? Yeah, yeah, 29 a few times over, or a couple times <laughs> over. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm getting a taste of Medicare now, and I ain't liking it. Um, I'll just tell you, tell you that. And But, yeah, I've, I've been blessed to do a lot of really cool things. High school teacher, college prof, taught psych, social research, stat, written some courses. So I was really blessed to do some really fantastic things and then I did the mental health uh, therapy thing for a while and I'm not really built for it because you know I kind of carry my work into my heart and when your success rate dealing with certain populations is 10 or 12 percent I need to win more than that and, and it was really it was really bringing me down I mean and, and I look at it at helping people as like a challenge and you live and die and you can't do that and stay in the profession you live and die with their successes and if you do that you burn out and I burned out yeah, it's it's a tough profession, and uh, I, I, honestly, I couldn't do it. I, I just don't have the temperament or the personality for that. So uh, I'm so pleased that uh, you were able to get out of it alive. 
<laughs> yeah, interesting too. The, the part of the town that I was in, you're you're closer than you realize. Oh, um, oh I know, I know. I've dealt with them. <laughs> Some of them are just are you know. There's nothing you can do to. <laughs> to fix their situation and then some of them get physically violent i've encountered quite a few of those but praise god you made it out alive brother and you're doing what you're doing you're not doing this to get rich nor have i chosen to do this to get rich uh we're trying to as patriots and christians and we're trying to one uh forestall or save the country if it if at all it can be saved at this point i it's gone in my personal opinion it's gone and uh, and and the the thing that will really take it down is the uh, imminent economic collapse that's coming that will yeah, finish us off, and and then the troops will come in from uh, the United Nations to take control and restore order, the new world order. So that's another story. But um, this book, you mentioned the name Ashtaroth, and you you handled somebody who alleged that they had a, a an affair with yeah. uh, Commander Ashtaroth. Well, it turned out the lady was uh, schizophrenic, and, and so we didn't take her on as a patient. And we, that's why we do intake. We screened her out in the initial process and were able to refer her. Uh, but, yeah, she was fairly seriously schizophrenic, and the hallucinations were vivid. And she went into great detail with me. What, what should have been a 30-minute intake ended up going about an hour and 15 minutes. And it was one of my first, and it just it made an indelible mark on me. And she just had no control over the hallucinations. She was actually seeing people around me at the time she was talking. And I remember right. thinking, well, I hope these people like me because uh, I can't see them and I'm defenseless. But she uh, yeah, she was schizophrenic. Uh, but, you know, the bottom line is, though, is there is the unseen world there in the spirit world. And I'm sure that you get into that as much, too. Oh, I've been beaten up by all of them. And, you know, they're invisible and uh, thank God you couldn't see them around her because they're they're demons. Um, yeah. We can't see them. It's in a different dimension. However, they're around us right now. Uh, I don't know about you, but it's been a tough 30 years uh, <laughs> for me in the ministry because these subjects are something the devil doesn't want out. And even though Scripture has uh, pretty much described them uh, in a in a summary format. Um, what we're actually doing right now is we're encountering all of those summaries on a day-to-day -day basis. We're actually physically encountering them daily. Uh, you know, we're having invisible demonic encounters. But the one that's going to be visible is this Ashtaroth, Ashtar character mm -hmm. that you, um, you know, uh, encountered um, indirectly through this uh, previous client you had. And uh, the name is unusual. See, I, I first did a TV, a Christian TV show on prophecy in the news. Did you know J.R. Church, David? No, I didn't. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, he's no longer with us, but what a fine man he was. And he had me on his TV show after I published my first book in 1994, The Mark of the New World Order, which was 777 pages long. <laughs> it was the size of a telephone directory. But I wanted to make a case for what was happening, and I did so that uh, that was 777 pages long and you can still find used <laughs> copies of that book on Amazon and elsewhere but uh, he had me on uh, Prophecy in the News in Oklahoma City back then and I discussed Ashtar's books back then 
1994 and I if you want a copy of that it's that email I'm sorry that YouTube presentation is still on the net still on YouTube and I can send you a link to that you can watch it because in other words I've been watching this space mm-hmm. case junk uh, uh, progress since I got in the ministry about 1993 1994 and uh, now we're at the conclusion of the conditioning process and in all respects for the new world order and uh, so Satan now has hundreds David he has hundreds perhaps thousands of YouTube presentations YouTube channels uh, websites and everything with all the humans who have been possessed uh, with demonic spirits who prepare are preparing uh, commander Ashtar's arrival in a UFO so uh, I've been warning about this since 1994 and I've been watching it but uh, I, I retired several years ago and I noticed that the increase of velocity and frequency of these presentations on YouTube uh, in our advanced internet system now are just mind-boggling and so uh, I've been casually doing radio shows off and on for the last uh, 10 years um, mostly retired but uh, occasionally on, on very good shows and I've mentioned this increase in velocity and uh, frequency of UFO sightings and UFO information and so forth. For example, last year there were more UFO observations uh, than any previous year. Uh, and in 1947, the year I was born, uh, <laughs> I'm 73 shortly, um, there were only 15 total. 15 total, Dave, for the entire year of mm-hmm. 1947. But last year, the hunt, thousands of observations were made. So we're being slowly conditioned. We have been slowly conditioned over decades now to believe this junk is real. Star Trek and you name it. You know, Buck Rogers when I was a kid um, and Hitler's prototype of a UFO after the war, after World War II, uh, was brought over here. And, and uh, with uh, a lot of their engineers, it started our NASA. So for the last 50 years, uh, kids, you know, were were born into this uh, UFO type environment, and uh, all the movies in Hollywood financed by Satan's people are about UFOs and Star Trek and all. It's mental conditioning getting us ready to receive somebody or something called Ashtar or Ashtaroth. Now in the Old Testament, Dave, back in the Old Testament, it actually warns us against a demon called Ashtaroth. Okay? Now, isn't it interesting that Rothschild runs the international banking system, along with many helpers, and he controls uh, the top 147 corporations on Earth that have sub-organizations that own virtually everything. But uh, isn't it interesting that uh, uh, Rothschild, which was not his original name, uh, but now it's the, uh, the name most commonly known, but Rothschild, uh, we think about Ashtoroth being the same spelling as Rothschild, and they're connected, you see? And that's not how my book's laid out. I, I laid my book out so that uh, the Antichrist from space, Commander Ashtoroth, is communicating with his Illuminati in London, at the city of London where Rothschild's headquarters is, who controls not only just all the banks on the planet, but owns all the corporations, the military corporations, with few exceptions, owns uh, the six major media corporations and pumps out propaganda, as we well observed 
during the last three and a half years against President Trump. So the Rothschild banking and international uh, corporate environment controls virtually everything so that we're all mind controlled. We're all physically controlled because the money even has Satan's signature on the back of the dollar, every dollar bill says announcing the birth of the new world order under the Antichrist. So we're all controlled. You know, our, our paychecks come directly from Satan's banking community, which is headed by Rothschild. So if you go to the Old Testament, Dave, uh, it talks about the demon, a very powerful demon back in the Old Testament days as Ashtaroth, Ashtaroth. And of course, they've shortened it now. This is the same demon, you know. He's an eternal demon, and and they've shortened it now to Ashtar, Ashtar rather than Ashtaroth. And they're saying that he's the international intergalactic space commander who's going to invade the Earth uh, after enough chaos has happened for him to be needed. That's where we are. Project Bluebeam. Project Bluebeam. Yes. Now. Uh, you remember that book was written by Serge Menashe, and I did my, uh, I think my 10th radio show with him in 1994. Very fine uh, Christian in Canada, and he's no longer with us. He's he's lucky. He's, he's in paradise with the Lord, but a very fine man. And I see, there's another thing. I did my first radio show with Serge Menashe, who wrote that book, Project Bluebeam, in 1994, I believe he published that. So the Lord has been preparing me uh, and, you know, all these years. Now, I didn't mention UFOs specifically in my first book, uh, The Mark of the New World Order. But what I did do in the conclusionary chapter of The Mark of the New World Order, which, again, was 777 pages long, was I quoted Henry Kissinger. Now, you may remember who Henry Kissinger is, right, David? <laughs> uh, miss, he wants to take all the food off my plate. Well, yeah, he did that, too. And I wrote a book on that, Codex Alimentarius. Yes, I remember it well. Okay, and I wrote a book on that, and I wrote a book on, uh, oh, several things. Uh, and they didn't sell very well because no one uh, re really was open to understanding such things over the last 25 years. Um, then, uh, you know, my, with my police background, I actually wrote a, a very comprehensive, easy-to-read book on the Interpol, which is basically a separate nation. And do you know that Interpol has the authority to publish... Uh, and print its own passports as if it's a sovereign nation. Did you know that? I did not know it went that far, but I do know mm -hmm. they're an international um, agency, so I'm not surprised by what you're saying. Founded but by printing... Hitler's people, Dave. Founded oh, by Hitler's people. Really? I, no, I did not know that. Uh-huh. So um, in that book, I only sold about, uh, I don't know, over 10, 12 years, I only sold about 15,000 copies, you see. Because... Um, the Lord had me write all that stuff, so I have a comprehensive understanding of just about every facet of the New World Order. But uh, the stuff is, uh, you know, easy to read, but still very spiritually and politically uh, uh, sophisticated to where the average person just doesn't get it or doesn't want to get it. Uh, the, the whole process of the New World Order is a complete takeover spiritually and politically of planet Earth into the new world order. It's a paradigm shift, David. Okay, so we all have to be brainwashed thoroughly, and that's what they've done. Uh, the communists are the, uh, the political arms of this international satanic system. See, as you well know, Karl Marx was a literal 
devil worshiper, a literal Satanist, and he got credit, he and uh, Frederick Engels got credit for having invented the whole concept of communism, i.e. Marxism, i.e. socialism, i.e. progressivism, i.e. Uh, fascism, i.e. every kind of Satanism. So really, communism is nothing more than a politicized term to describe what's really behind it, and that's Satanism. Uh, in fact, I wrote a book called Comrade Antichrist, and then I wrote another book called Revolution, Communism is Really Satanism in Disguise. So, I think God's taken me from 1994, and my first interview with Project Blue Beam publisher, Serge Menashe, to where we are now, and I've been watching this uh, strategically over those years, David, and that's why the guy, God brought me out of retirement. And in three and a half months, I went from no book, no videos, to writing this 200-page so-called sci-fi book that really ain't that sci-fi, brother. And uh, it's basically a, a, a sci-fi presentation of what's really happening, but it's easy to swallow because it is sci-fi. Yeah, it bypasses the critical parts of liberals' brains that want to reject it. Exactly. I, I, I hear what you're saying on that. Um, the, I've always held the opinion that uh, Blue Beam would be like a fail-safe. It'd be the uh, option of last resort, if nothing else, work to subjugate the Earth. Well, here's the thing. This arrival of the Antichrist is not, it's not going to be some Arab dismounting from his camel in the Middle East. Okay, now listen, that's why many Christian shows have refused to have me on. I mean, they, they consider me a nut job. Because this is such a, a concept that's out literally out of this world that they can't get their hands around it. Now, we have to remember what our Lord and Savior told us in Matthew 24. He said, the first thing out of his mouth practically was, be not deceived. Did he not say that? Be not deceived. That's correct. So why would the Lord warn us about not being deceived before he started the, the rest of his dissertation on all of the things the final generation would observe before the end came? You see, so uh, Matthew 24, now people get confused with Acts 1 uh, in that regard. You know, Jesus said that we would know all by reading all of those signs, by understanding and observing all the signs he gave us in Matthew 24, Luke 21, Mark 13, which is the synoptic version of, of Matthew 24. All, all three of them say the same thing, but slightly differently. But a lot of people get confused by misunderstanding Acts 1. Now, when the Lord ascended into the clouds, two angels said, uh, why are you so amazed? This same Jesus will return in the clouds in like manner. And then they say, well, you know, they were alive back then to watch Jesus ascend after, you know, the resurrection and when he went back to heaven to, uh, to the throne of the Father. Uh, they were confused. And so they asked back then, and Scripture says they asked, well, what will be the signs and the seasons? And then the Scripture says then, um, well, let, me, let, me, let me clarify that, because this is where a lot of people, a lot of pastors get confused. Because it would seem that Matthew 24 contradicts Acts 1 in this regard. So let me say this. They asked the Lord, what at this time? 
that's a very important prepositional phrase you know they said what are the signs at this time at this time uh, of your of your return and so uh, scripture says they were told that it is not for you at this time to understand that you see to know the times and the seasons now see then we go to Matthew 24 which specifically says you'll know when it's near even at the door what you won't know and that no one knows except God himself is the exact day and hour then Jesus was more specific he says okay so you'll know when it's near by reading all the signs all the signs in Matthew 24 you won't know the exact day and hour but you'll know by reading the signs that it's at the door then he says verily verily King James I say to you the generation that observes these signs that sees all these things will not die before the end comes and all prophecies fulfilled okay so I'm a I'm a literalist I'm a fundamentalist uh, basically a King James guy and uh, so what the Lord told us is we'll know it's near and he, in fact he likened it to a weather observation remember that Dave he said you know you can read the signs of the weather and you know a storm's coming but you can't read my spiritual signs about what I'm telling you I'm paraphrasing but he said uh, he likened it to a fig tree you know in the winter time it uh, you know it's not ripe it's not giving fruit but then the weather changes and the seasons change he says so you know uh, be aware that everything I'm saying here in Matthew 24 is kind of like that that uh, as, as if you're reading the weather and as if you watch a fig tree turn from winter to summer and start bearing fruit know that if you observe all of my signs I'm giving you here you'll know it's near even at the door even though you won't know the exact day and hour but those who see all of the signs in Matthew 24 simultaneously that's the final generation of which I speak I'm paraphrasing so we are that final generation now the next question is Dave uh, how does the Bible define a generation and my former pastor Hal Lindsey do you remember Hal Lindsey great remember Hal Lindsey well he was my pastor for three years in Los Angeles and uh, he's still alive he's still in Oklahoma he's having difficult time at age 90 now but he's still alive he has Hal Lindsey Ministries in Tulsa Tulsa Oklahoma and he still gives out a newsletter but Hal was a great prophecy teacher as you know he wrote the the book the late great planet earth uh, back in 71 or 72 and he sold 18 million copies of that and then he wrote a subsequent book called Satan is still alive on planet earth <laughs> well he's not going away he's coming back as Ashtar in my opinion Interesting. so bottom line is we are the generation and a a biblical generation is generally defined as anywhere from 40 to 120 years you remember back in Genesis God restricted our maximum age to about 120 years you know before that Methuselah and Enoch and they lived for about a thousand years so uh, once the world had repopulated after the flood then God restricted um, the maximum age of our lifespans to roughly 120 years and that's why you you don't see many people living beyond that but generally speaking a generation is somewhere between 40 and uh, you know 80 years now I'm 73 and I was born in 47 Israel was sent back home by God 
to the Holy Land in 1948, and Hal Lindsey uh, lectured over and over again while I attended his church that that was one of the major signs of the end times. And so he postulated, he speculated, Dave, that perhaps 1947 plus 40 years, you know, a, his understanding of a generation at that time would see perhaps the beginning of the tribulation. Well, he was pounded to death practically for having falsely prophesied that it would be 40 years. And of course, I'm telling you that it's a generation can be based on my study of uh, 27 years. A, a, a generation can be anywhere from 40 to about 120. Typically, mm, around 75, 80 years. Now we're there. So all the signs are there. We know it's close, even at the door. We don't know the exact day and hour, only God knows that. But we see all the signs that Jesus authorized us to understand. Now we go to Daniel, and Daniel says, you know, he got all these prophecies about the end and the Antichrist. Jesus verified that Daniel is my prophet, close quote. Okay, so we know that the book of Daniel is of the Lord and spoke for God. And so when Daniel got all the prophecies of the Antichrist and the end of the world, he said, oh my, literally, literally, oh my God, I don't understand any of this. Lord, would you please explain this? I'm paraphrasing. Daniel, tell, read 12, okay? Daniel 12. And the Lord responded to Daniel's request for more information and more understanding as followed. He said, it's not for you to understand this stuff, basically implying in your generation. He said, this stuff is sealed until, listen now, until the end of time. At which time, it'll be unlocked. And that's why Revelation says, anybody who reads the book of Revelation, uh, let he who reads understand, because the time is near, okay? So everything's unlocked now. We're the final generation, David. We've been blessed to be so. Uh, you're just one of the finest teachers on the internet. And um, I don't want my own podcast show. It's just too much work. You know, you're getting three hours sleep a night. I, I just I can't do that at age 73, brother. So it's all I can do to keep my wife happy who's 10 years younger and, and do what I'm doing now at age 73. So I, I applaud you. I respect you. And uh, I send your stuff to everybody I know, and it's highly regarded. Well, I appreciate that. But I, I got to tell you, you, you're, you, you have my undying admiration. Your wife's 10 years younger. Mine's five, and she runs me in circles. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I don't know how you do it. Well, and I'm married to a redhead, so please, uh, you know, a gorgeous uh, green-eyed, uh, you know, uh, German-Irish redhead. So uh, uh, she uh, she has an addiction. I have to admit this right on the air, okay? Um, uh, she's addicted to cowgirl boots. So I'm I'm looking for uh, Dave. If you if there's anything in Phoenix, there one of those like AA societies for anybody who's addicted to cowgirl boots. Would you let me know? Bootaholics Anonymous. That's what I need right now because my wife has so many boots in the closet she can't find the door. <laughs> well, you're lucky she hasn't given you the boot, so it's okay. <laughs> Absolutely. I told her that. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I want to get back into this uh, final generation thing. Uh, Terry, I know I'm living an illusion. I know it, and I know I'm wrong. But I want to just live, I wanted to live, and God doesn't get to let us choose this, but I wanted to live a natural life. I didn't want to have to fight Satan in the form I'm fighting him today. <laughs> My life was working very well. I didn't need this excitement. 
uh, I really enjoyed the things I've done. And here I am facing off against this horrendous opponent and I've got family, younger family, and they're not going to get to live out the same life I did. That's very sad for me. And I was always hoping that if we could have a revival and repent, maybe God would push this off to the next generation and we could <laughs> kick this can down the road. I'm not kidding. I actually had this illusion and part of me still wants to hang on to it, but there's no escaping it, is there? Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. You just said kick the can. Haven't you had your can kicked? <laughs> well, <laughs> I think society's had their can kicked. <laughs> Listen, you've been appointed to be a spokesperson for the Lord in these last days. Don't you think each of us feels that way? Uh, honestly, look yeah. at uh, 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 Graham. Look, look at Franklin Graham, and he's getting his can kicked. And uh, virtually every real fundamentalist Christian who tries to teach against Satan's coming empire is is getting their their can kicked. Either uh, they're getting it cut off and handed it to them, handed to them, or they're just. Uh, they're being destroyed on YouTube. Their their accounts are being withdrawn for whatever gimpy reason YouTube wants to claim to cancel their channels and, and uh, ministry funds. I have a pastor friend in Seattle, an end times uh, minister friend of mine, Jonathan Hansen, and all of his speaking engagements have been canceled. Virtually all of his income, 99% of his income has been terminated uh, through this COVID virus thing. So he's really hurting right now and can barely pay his bills and is having to withdraw from radio and television because of that. So uh, we're entering that time. Uh, it's a dark time and few have been chosen like you, David. And um, you're still getting three hours sleep per night. And that's amazing. <laughs> you know, as a young guy, I used to get by on five and I was one of 5% of the population that can do that. But when I stretch it back to three, yeah, I drag a little bit. But there's so much to do. I mean, there are so many oh, intrigues yeah. right now. I, I don't know how you look at President Trump. I mean, here's what I fight against. Well, I voted he, for him. I'm, I'm so a, did I. I'm a so Trump did I. guy because he's the only hope we have left in pushing back the new world order. But I think his appointed time is just about over. And it is. only God knows that. But It is over. It's, it is over. Um, listen, when he came in, people say, oh, he was compromised in the beginning, a Trojan horse, blah, blah, blah. No, he wasn't. He canceled the TPP when he came in, the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Mm -hmm. That was the darling of, of the globalists at that time. And it was so uh, obscure that even Congress wasn't allowed to uh, review it. Uh, and, and he came in and says, no, nope, it's over. That's it. We're done. And then he took on some real powerful enemies and he he was really one of the best presidents we've ever had in his first three years but right now he's laying down taking a beating and he's doing nothing for the american people to protect us against this big pharma takeover well you know uh here we have to understand that he's only a man i agree and a very powerful one and that's the reason he made it into office and uh god permitted that it was a surprise to everybody I honestly didn't think it would happen, and most of us didn't. So God allowed that and then uh, opened up his administration with prayer, and he had uh, Franklin Graham in there on the day of inauguration and so on. I think that was God's way of telling us that this is my last attempt to uh, forestall the new world order, uh, and, uh, and I'm going to use uh, Mr. Trump. But now 
Uh, and of course, the whole by the by the way, the entire government had already been taken over by Satan's people under Obama, who was, you know, an Islamic communist and uh, uh, and many other things as we know that I'm not going to say on the air. So, um, uh, Mr. Obama was groomed and appointed and trained and educated by the Communist Party. His daddy was an actual card-carrying communist, you know, Marshall, and. Uh, uh, was watched by the Hoover administration back in those days when they could get away with that. <laughs> but so uh, his daddy was an outright communist revolutionary, um, and Mr. Obama, who wasn't born in the United States, was uh, subsequently taken to Hawaii, educated over there in prep schools, all of which was you know paid for by the Communist Party. So indirectly, um, uh, Mr. Obama has always worked for. The Communist Party, headed now by Mr. Putin, the international head of the Communist Party, which is the head of the Chinese Communist Party and the American Communist Party USA. Folks, if you want an educational experience, uh, which wouldn't have happened under the uh, Hoover administration, just go to the Communist Party's website. You know, uh, the one that's most intriguing is their website called revolutionary www.revolutionarycommunistpartyusa.com or just go to www.communistpartyusa.com read what their plans are they've already rewritten Dave I don't know if you've known this but they've already rewritten the US Constitution to go into effect after the takeover so we have they've already rewritten our Constitution it's already been on their shelf for 10 years is that the um, H.R. 1111 that Sheila Jackson Lee authored that's sitting there dormant in Congress? I'm, I'm not familiar with that specific It event. hands off the government to something called the Institute of Peace, which basically is controlled by the U.N. Well, the U.N. is communist. I'm not, I'm not familiar with that. It's almost impossible to, to stay up on everything, Dave. So I try to generalize. Um, oh, Terry, with, you're with the Superman. Goods. you got to stay up on everything. <laughs> Well, you know, I think right now I'm Mighty Mouse, but, <laughs> you know, I've dropped my cape. I'm, I don't have any, I, I'm definitely not Spider-Man, but thanks for the compliment anyway. <laughs> anyway, uh, here's the thing. It's impossible to stay up on everything that's happening. However, this COVID thing was actually planned by the Rockefeller Foundation 10 years ago. Do you have that document called Operation Lockstep? Dave? I'm familiar with it. I don't remember if I've seen it, but I've After discussed, show, I've discussed it. it. Yeah, send it to me, please. Okay, go to page 18, and it talks exactly about what's happening right now, minus the term COVID-19. But it talks about it minus the term. They didn't have that term in that publication back 10 years ago, but they've been planning for this for a long, long time. And it's in a publication that they, a 53-page publication that I'll send you a PDF file on, at the conclusion of this program, and you can attach that for people's edification to our show if you like, sir. It's your program. But on page 18, write that down. On page 18 of this document, they actually describe, is called Operation Lockstep. Now that kind of reminds you of Hitler, doesn't it? You know the lockstep. Sure. You know, the yeah. Goose-stepping, right? Because it talks about a, a total international authoritarian government based on an allegation of a virus see so uh, this thing has been planned 
Um, it's also the only way, David, it's only, the only way they could have completely demolished capitalism, both here and elsewhere, okay? Uh, any form of capitalism has now been demolished. It will not be coming back. Do you think that now that they have a grip on us that it's going to be lessened? Don't believe for a second that they're going to open government back up. And even if they were to do so, our farmers are committing suicide. They're dumping their milk in the gutters. Uh, the potato farmers in Idaho, next to me, I'm in Spokane, Washington, they're giving their potatoes away and the rest of it's rotting in the fields. Okay, so our, our eight meat plants, eight meat processing plants have just been shut down. The biggest pork producing uh, plants have been shut down. Chicken farmers are going out of business. They can't sell their eggs. They can't sell their meat. Uh, we're going into a famine here probably in less than a year. We're going to be Venezuela, uh, which just hit the news again that uh, there's so much inflation and food shortages in Venezuela right now. Uh, similar to about 18 months ago, two years ago, where they were cannibalizing dead yeah. bodies. Yes, I saw for that. For food in Venezuela. So uh, that's coming to the United States, and so judgment yeah, I saw is that. coming. We've got to yeah, so, hold it right here for a second okay. here. I'm gonna, I need to make an announcement to my audience because we're on okay. different time tracks, and we're going to come back for a part two here in just a minute. And uh, we're about 45 seconds away. So down the line here, if you're listening to us on a Red State Talk Radio affiliate or a Global Star Radio Network affiliate, we'll be back in the next hour with Terry. If you're listening to us on our flagship station at KYAH, hey, no problem. Uh, we'll, we'll catch you on the next business day, and uh, we'll reset this. And we're going to get into some of these current events that Terry is just bringing up right now at the end of this particular part of our time together and uh, listen folks I think we're just getting started because I have a lot of questions I got to ask Terry about current events and, and ask him how that uh, relates to what he wrote in his book and uh, we're gonna be talking about his book again in the second hour uh, listen we appreciate you being with us again our sponsors for this hour being uh, um, <laughs> uh, I just had brain aneurysm because I'm getting so much information thrown at me. Uh, we're, we're brought to you by Noble Gold, and we're brought to you by preparewithdave.com. That's the MPS sponsor we have. And ladies and gentlemen, if you're not prepping right now, you're going to be sorry down the road. You need to acquire food and assets while you still can because those days are coming to an end. We're going to pursue that with Terry, too. So everybody, if you're going to come back in the next hour, sit tight. And if not, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we'll catch you tomorrow. And uh, hang on. And Terry, sit tight. I'll be right back with you in a few minutes. We're going to have to disconnect and reconnect for the, for the next hour. Great. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> 